All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Presidential debate number three is tonight, the night we've looked forward to for a long time here. And now, glad you're in. Happy to have you in. We're going to go with you the whole way, uh, right through the whole debate. We'll watch it live with you. Um, if there's opportunity to comment, we will. Probably not much. And then we'll uh, wrap it up afterwards. Paul Nolan's here. There's the feed from uh, inside the debate hall. Paul Nolan's here. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's here. Gang is all here. Geo Fran here. Getting ready for the debate. And man, what a day it was. Lots to break down today here in this first hour. I believe they are actually going live at 9. I, I'd heard it might have been 8.30, but I think I was wrong about that. 9 o'clock. So we'll do an hour here with you on social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube. Glad you're all in. Make sure you share, like the show right away, comment. We've got lots to go through. A lot happened today, and I've got it all for you. We've got today was the first day that I felt like Joe Biden can't get away from this. This <laughs> is now a, sig- a significant turn in my eyes. Well, well, well. Yes, it was definitely a well, well, well <laughs> moment because now there's direct on the record incontrovertible evidence it's been incontrovertible well today's the first day we actually saw it um as tony Bobolinsky, i believe that's how you pronounce his name the whistleblower here who was hunter biden's business partner um released a whole bunch of well he didn't but i mean people who are working with him who got their hands on this stuff released it all over the place and it just kept coming. At one point today, it was just, that's Tony Bobolinsky, which I was, <laughs> I'll show you in a little bit, as he spoke to the press pool tonight from Nashville. And so since G's using this footage now, I'll just tell you, the president brought <laughs> this guy to Nashville <laughs> as his guest tonight for the debate. Like Frank Pantangeli in The Godfather? So this is his body. I mean, he just said, well, uh, Joe wants to try to tell us he's, this guy is, this, uh, you know, hello, Adam Schiff. That's not Russian intelligence right there. That's Tony Bobolinsky. And you'll hear from Mr. Bobolinsky here in a second. But let's just go through the day as it kind of unraveled. And um, I just went through, there was a lot of stuff today that was released. But I took the key things that I thought were the things that really stood out to me. And I didn't have a chance to look at everything, obviously. I mean, and everybody was reporting on it, obviously. Everybody at Real America's Voice, John Solomon, Raheem Kassam has been all over it all day long. He just put out a great article on the National Pulse, um, which we'll link to as well. But a couple of the things that dropped from this BlackBerry that Tony Bobolinsky has. So let's go uh, number one, G. So here is a... This is all stuff between Hunter Biden and James Gilliar, who were partners with Bobolinsky, and all this communication is between the three of them. So here's the first one. This is James uh, Gilliar. Ask if they have recommendation or would do it short term if needed, but maybe he feels better if H, meaning Hunter, puts there a friend with no power but reporting comms. Don't mention Joe being involved oh. it's only when you are face to face i know you know that but they are paranoid and to me of all the things that dropped today this is this has got to be this is for me one of the more eye-opening ones don't mention joe being involved it's only when you're face-to-face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. And then the line after that, which you can't see here on this picture, can you put that back up, G, is um, the response to that last one was, they should be paranoid, which you can't see here, but someone else had an extension of this uh, back and forth. Um, so that's number one. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say Joe, you know, Joe, oh, no, I never talked to Hunter about his business dealings. Yeah. I think at this point, we can pretty much throw that out the window because obviously here, don't mention Joe being involved. It's hard to get around that. Number two, uh, again, from James Gilliar, you need to stress to H, Hunter, does he want to be the reason or factor that blows up his dad's campaign? Things need to be done right and protective of that fact. I pinged Hunter and just (laughs) said, I saw he called last night. When does he want to connect? Meaning taking the position with director 
and chairman. And now we've, of course, learned that wow. the big guy also sometimes is referred to as the chairman. And both of those are uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> so, so that was to be called the felon. <laughs> that was number two. Number three. Um, this is Hunter Biden now speaking at the top. And Tony, that is what Zhang, these are the Chinese guys that they were trying to do these deals with. Uh, by the way, a $5 million interest-free loan to Hunter they were trying to put in place, basically, and they didn't want any return on investment. They just wanted access. And Tony, that is what Zhang implied. And they are both coming to be my partner, to be partners with the Bidens. He wow. has implied that the number one has made that clear and available to him. And Hunter, I think you're missing the point I am outlining. Think we all are on the same page. James Gilliard, back to uh, Hunter. That was number three. Uh, number four. Uh, hey, Tony, I have an idea. In light of the fact that we are an impasse of sorts, and both James Lawyers and my chairman, that would be Joe Biden, gave an emphatic no, I think we should all meet in Romania on Tuesday next week. Zhang will be there, and so will the completed agreement if they stick to schedule. We all want you to be a part of this partnership and respect your position. So Joe, the chairman, gave an emphatic no. So clearly the chairman has been brought up on the details. If he gave an emphatic no, he obviously knows what's going on. And last of the things that kind of piqued my interest, number five, Hunter Biden's from his mobile. Morning, please let me know if we will do early dinner with your uncle and your dad. And where? Also for document translation, do you want it in simple Chinese or traditional? So again, meetings with your dad and uncle, who are obviously the three people surrounding all of this. So those are just a little taste. Now, I mean, there's there was so much more that dropped today. I couldn't even I couldn't even follow it all. Um, but let me just get I'll get your guys' initial reaction here. I know Paul Nolan, you're saying well, 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 but these are the first days that we've seen this and and heard this and heard from Tony Bodolinsky. Bot- um, I think who we're here here in a second. But what's your reaction to just even the five things I, I pulled here? Let me tell you, this is where, where I stand on this is there has been so much evidence up to this point. There have been plenty of reason to first take away his national security clearance. There's no way he could have deserved to get even into a White House, let alone be, you know, as a visitor. Now he's going for president. So for me, day one, there's been so much evidence when this thing broke about his computer that any prosecutor could have made a case right out of the gate. The fact of the matter is the... Lemmings on the left are so brainwashed. They are so completely manipulated and owned. You're gonna, they're going to need smoking guns. They're going to need actual video. Unfortunately, there's going to be grotesque video coming next. And then, and even then, I don't know if the lunatics on the left are going to believe it. But to me, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I, don't, I, I don't know how much of the... Knowing now what we know, and now that we have Bodolinsky on the record, in public, in front of the cameras, saying, as you'll see... That he's turning over all of his devices who have only been held by him, he made a point of saying, no one else has ever had possession of them, over to the FBI. I don't know how much of the salacious stuff we're going to see. I'm not even sure it's a good idea to release it. And uh, I mean, and like I said, Raheem has been on this, and Jack Posobiec has been on this. Could you expand on that, D? Why don't you think they should release it? Because this is, this is not about... Hunter Biden's day will come with the law. Mm, see, I disagree. Because um, he's now compromised, right? You know what I mean? But this is still has to be about Joe Biden. But don't the people have to see how serious the, the, the blackmail is to protect his son? Flynn was ready to lose his job to protect, and go to jail to protect his child. What was Biden willing to do to protect his money and his child? I just think that you can easily manipulate someone who's got a 14-year-old girl and maybe other things. And now the reports are that it was a family member. 14-year-old family member is the rumors floating around right now. Right. Think and, and about how heinous that is. What? Think about the embarrassment. Rick, I'm sorry. Go for it. No, but I was going to say that that's that's the point I was trying to make last night at the end of the show was was that that text message, that was a very personal in-the-family message. It wasn't, uh, you know, oh, Hunter's hanging around with teenage girls. No, Hunter has done this stuff in front of family, one of which being a 14-year-old girl, which creates an unsafe environment. 
and the family knew about it because it was a text to his father talking about it. So you know his, his stepmom knew about it. Everybody knew about it. Everybody knew Uncle Hunter was, uh, was a smoke-cracking, uh, walk-around-naked-in-front-of-everybody kind of guy. You don't want to leave your kid around him. So Bernie Carrick, who obviously has been with Rudy Giuliani for years, uh, was, was his police commissioner and um, has been involved with Bernie on all this. He was on with Eric Greitens tonight. Commissioner, bring our team up to speed, please, on where we're at right now. Well, listen, I think there's a couple of things going on. One, um, the evidence that uh, the mayor and I took to the Delaware County Police uh, with regard to um, concerns we had over child endangerment, that was provided to the authorities about four or five days ago. And we understood, uh, we understand that they took the evidence that we gave them, which consisted of 30 to 40 photos, I would imagine, and, uh, and a number of emails and text messages. We also gave them an entire hard drive that they could go through to look at additional photos and, and uh, evidence as we, we saw fit. Um, we understand that they took that evidence, they gave it to the state attorney general's office, and in turn, on the following morning, the state attorney general turned it over to the FBI for investigation. Um, we know that the FBI had that uh, hard drive, the actual laptop that that hard drive came from, as of December 9, 2019. What they did with it, um, we don't know. But I'm sure, I'm pretty confident at this point, there is an investigation going on because they'd be, there's a mandatory reporting requirement in the mm -hmm. state of Delaware if you uh, if you come across any type of suspicious activity with regard to child endangerment, uh, sexual sexual exploitation, or anything else like that, you're mandated. Anybody is mandated to turn it over to authorities, and that's what we did. So they have that. Um, we have there's there's a number of sources now, as as you may have heard, the uh, the president today is taking yeah. uh, Tony. Bobolinsky, who was one of um, Hunter Biden's former business partners, he's actually taking him to the debate in Nashville. Uh, Bobolinsky has come forward and said, I am one of the business partners. Mm -hmm. uh, some of these were my emails. We did have business dealings, and Joe Biden was involved uh, as a silent partner. He identified his nicknames, how they would I classify him on emails, things of that nature which is continued confirmation that the evidence we had within the uh, within the hard drive is accurate, not to mention Rudy Giuliani has a number of emails and uh, text messages on the hard drive that relate to business dealings uh, between uh, Hunter Biden, Chinese authorities, uh, and, and other countries um, that his father was getting kickbacks for. Um, so, uh, that, that's kind of where it is as of this point. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. But the bottom line is Joe Biden is compromised, extremely compromised his him, his family. Um, if you think about what, what happened to the president back in 2016, they had a phony made up, um, fabricated the, the steel dossier. And they kept saying that that steel dossier, the evidence in the steel dossier, compromised the president. Well, we now know that that was all fake. It was false. It was created. It was fabricated. But this isn't fabricated. This stuff with Joe Biden is accurate. It's real. It's confirmed. Uh, there's, it's an ongoing uh, thing. Um, you know what? This is a big problem for Joe Biden. And, uh, and him becoming president in the United States, he just can't. Yeah. He's too vulnerable. And we've had, you know, to, to make sure that all of our viewers are following this, we had a Russia collusion hoax, which was proven to be false. Now, when this story is coming out, and the Democrats themselves, they have not disputed that these emails are authentic. You have Hunter Biden's business partner himself saying, these are authentic emails. And yet at the same time, you've got big tech censors who are trying to push the story 
off of the front page. Um, it's, it's really a shame. And I want to get your reaction here to what Vice President Biden said on the campaign trail about this issue. Let's go ahead and this play This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman. It's the last-ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. So he's, he doesn't dispute any of the facts. Um, I mean, there are right. emails, there are emails where they actually say they're talking about a remuneration package, money that they're going to take as part of a deal that they're making with a Chinese en energy firm. And they say that they want to keep 10 percent aside for the big guy. Um, he's right. not disputing any of the facts here. He's just kind of calling calling names. Your, your reaction to that? Well, Bobulinski actually says that the big guy is Joe Biden. That was the nickname. Um, he was either called, uh, you know, big guy or the chairman. Uh, you know, Hunter would refer to him as the chairman. Uh, the bottom line is, I think I would strongly suggest that Joe Biden doesn't say anything else publicly regarding mm -hmm. this, unless he's just going to answer it out. Because the more he talks, the worse it's going to be, um, because eventually, at some point, there's going to be a conclusive investigation, and the criminality that the mayor and I have seen and others, the investigative uh, staff that have seen in this uh, in the hard drive, is overwhelming. So, uh, you know, unless there is really, truly a two-tiered criminal justice system in this country, somebody's going to have to be held accountable. And, uh, and I, I strongly suggest uh, Joe Biden just keep his mouth shut. So, Commissioner, just in the last 30 seconds uh, that we have here, knowing what you know about investigations, this is obviously one where there may be some political interference, but if this were a proper investigation, what would the next steps be and what kind of timeline are we looking at? Again, in just 20 seconds or less here. Well, it would have been, you know, grand jury subpoenas uh, to everybody involved in the emails in those hard in the hard drive and the people that's coming forward now. That should have been done months ago. Hopefully, they'll catch up and uh, and they'll get it done as needed now. Folks, that's, that's Bernie Carrick, former NYPD commissioner who carried this country uh, through 9-11. Commissioner, honored to have you on. We look forward to having you again. Yeah, so there's Bernie Carrick tonight on with Eric Greitens. So what would you think of that? I, I thought it was good. I think it's just the beginning, and I know it almost feels like he wants to say more, but knows it's just got to come out in bits and pieces. What do you think about, Rick, the point that he says um, – if I were Joe Biden, I really wouldn't say too much. <laughs> you know what? That That's probably the best uh, free advice uh, you could get um, is shut up. You'll hear it from lawyers all the time. Tell clients, do not say anything because chances are, and Joe's, Joe's, a, Joe's the word salad king, you know? He just loves to spew things out and talk and talk like Rudy says, and eventually he says something stupid. And he's gonna. It's gonna end up coming back to get him. I think enough is on this computer that's gonna get up, get him. Uh, my question though is, and it, it harkens back something that you were you were kind of leading down the, the path to earlier, Paul. Was the whole you know the FBI? You know where were they on this? Because they had this this computer what eight nine months now. Um, when it was taken into evidence. Because it was, I guess it's now been revealed as part of a money laundering scheme. They had to go through it. They had to have seen this. They had to have known, okay, you know what? Because I remember when Anthony Weiner's computer got picked up. Man, they scooped him up pretty quick, didn't they? There was, no, there was no long, you know, almost a year waiting for the story to come out. They arrested him pretty quickly. I mean, they sent 50 agents to Bubba Wallace's garage to look at a, um, noose. <laughs> a supposed yeah. noose hanging on the garage yeah. door. I mean, you would think a laptop like this, given the FBI resources. And I'll just say this. From what I've heard from people who are in the know of what's on there, it's unimaginable. Yeah. It's unimaginable. And what Bernie said is, I, I, and I, I don't know what the laws are in D.C., but I don't see how anybody could have looked at this, seen what's on there, and not have a criminal case opened. Cover up. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cover like up. immediately. And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe it's something where it, it, we don't know what's going on. Um, but another thing, too, is 
it, it speaks to, okay, you know what? You know, you, you know, this guy, Joe Biden's running for president. How is this going uh, FBI, don't you do background checks and uh, check in everybody on the family? Uh, wouldn't you advise, uh, pull Joe aside and be like, look, you got some problems here. You might not want to go forward with this. Yeah, well, I would call it a deep state for a reason. Right. I was reminded mm-hmm. of Joe Biden's. In, now, NPR, what, the, what we pay for, by the way, taxpayers, as it's funded by taxpayer money. NPR put out the most tone-deaf um, tweet today about, why haven't you seen stories about this on NPR? Because we don't waste your time with th- news that's not really news. Right. Some ridiculousness. <laughs> and I'm reminded, uh, I was reminded, and I found this, NPR interviewing Joe Biden about, I guess, about a year ago or so. And um, here's how that went. Roll it. But so you, why know would it I didn't, you know it didn't look good for Hunter Biden to be on that board, even if he did nothing wrong. The optics weren't good. And you talk a lot about what it means to be a Biden and the integrity that is imbued in that family name. <laughs> but there were former White House aides of yours who tried to warn you about the potential conflicts of interest. Nobody warned me about a potential conflict of interest. Nobody warned me about that. And at the same time, this George was Kent. Not- the State Department official yeah, but, testified that but, he raised it to you no, and he your didn't staff, say to your me. staff. He did not to say your staff. I, I stand never, corrected. never heard that once. To your all. staff. And your staff and, told him he has no bandwidth. Hmm. Huh. Now, we've talked about that, that, that he was approached and he said, tell your kid that he's killing us here. And we don't like what he's doing and he's hurting diplomacy. Not only was it George Kent, but it was a, there was another name that we've discussed with John Solomon that approached him. So here, well, here's, here's the problem with Joe. He's such an absolute pathological liar that I don't think he knows when he's lying, when he's not lying, because the stuff just comes out of it. He's so good at it that he just comes out with it, and it just flows out as if it's like real information, and he doesn't even think about it. <laughs> Right, because he'd, he'd never, you know what, he, he's probably the kind of kid, when he was growing up, nobody called him on his BS, and it kept going and going, and you saw, you know, you saw it when he was challenging this guy, I got a better IQ, and I got three degrees, and all this nonsense, that was false, because he didn't think anybody would check, they would just, oh, well, Joe said it, so it must be true. We call that a BS artist in my neighborhood. And, and, and <laughs> he's always lying about, you know, every, I was first in my class on academic scholarships. Right. It's just, he doesn't stop. He doesn't even know how, he doesn't know how to stop lying. And, and it's a level of arrogance. Yes, you know what is. I mean? That just comes with, with, you know, I'm better than you. Just shut up. I don't work for you. We heard him yell at somebody at a campaign event like that. Yeah. That, that level of arrogance is like, how dare you even question me? So, um, at about now, I guess it was about seven. Well, it probably says on here. Um, well, it doesn't matter. About seven thirty. <laughs> Raheem Kassam, uh, our own Raheem Kassam from the National Pulse, three o'clock every day on Real America's Voice, dropped this article on the NationalPulse.com. World exclusive. Smoking gun. Biden emails reveal he lobbied the big guy for political favors. Claimed, "quote If I ask, he will do it." An email obtained by the National Post appears to confirm suspicions that Hunter Biden agreed to lobby his father, the vice president of the United States, after being asked to, quote, talk to the big guy. Not only did Hunter Biden say he would oblige, but he also noted he would be killed, quote unquote, by White House vice presidential staff if he went, quote, around everyone and straight to Joe Biden, unquote, apparently acknowledging the unethical nature of his upcoming action. Quote, unquote, the big guy appears to be a common um, euphemism for Joe Biden and appears in previous emails published by the New York Post and confirmed by Hunter Biden business associate Tony Bobolinsky. The latest news comes despite Joe Biden uh, repeatedly insisting there's no basis whatsoever for claims that Hunter Biden profited from his family name. And then he links to this email that's written to Robert Biden uh, from Hunter. Left wing news sites like Vox have repeatedly claimed that by mutual agreement, Hunter avoided lobbying his father without evidence and contrary to what the new emails reveal. The email dated December 14, 2010, came from a lobbyist and senior partner at the Mathis Harple Group, which has worked for major pharmaceutical industry groups, big tobacco, and even major petroleum. 
Chuck Harple, a lobbyist and senior partner at the firm, emailed Hunter Biden about arranging a meeting with then Vice President Joe. So this is when he's still vice president, uh, who he referred to as the big guy. The email begins, Hunter, I will tell you that the building trades are at the end of their rope with this administration. They, General President Mark Ayers and Secretary Treasury Sean McGarvey, were told two years ago that Nate Tamarin was the quote-unquote labor guy. Since then, those, those uh, that Haven chosen to circumvent Nate after no action did hear the wrath of Nate. Those that stood up to him basically told Nate to go F himself in a nice way. He continues, personally, I was the Teamsters political director, and under the Bush presidency, I was able to call Carl Rove, Melman, Sarah Taylor, and Andy Card. Granted, a lot didn't get done, but at least we were heard. Whereas now we have our own team in and Sean has sent an official letter asking for a meeting with Vice President Biden over a year ago. And the reasoning for not getting the meeting is absolutely ridiculous. So what is worse, having our guys in there and no access or having access like with Bush with terrible results. Furthermore, the National Building and Construction Trade Secretary Treasury, who represents nearly 3.5 million members, thinks that Vice President Biden doesn't want to meet with him and his president, Mark Ayers. That's from the email. In other words, Harper was emailing the vice president's son for political access, and Hunter promised to oblige. In the reply, just over two hours later, Hunter Biden wrote this, quote, I'll work on it, but is there any issue I should know about before I go around everyone and straight to him? If I ask, he will do it. But if I am missing something legit, then I will get killed by staff, signed R. Hunter Biden. The bombshell comes as the national news media continues to ignore and pour uh, scorn over the veracity of the Hunter Biden laptop and the emails contained within. The National Pulse has confirmed the nature of these emails and the contents of the laptop. A harpy also told Hunter Biden in the original email, you should not be worried about getting yelled at by your boss or his staff. They should be... Um, upset and thinking that because of miscommunication, the building trades thinking they are being dissed by the vice president. The national Pulse will be breaking more stories related to this. So, so that um, goes all the way back to 2010 when he was still in office. His son was calling him for favors. So that brings us to tonight. And as we're getting sitting here ready, um, you hear that the president has decided that he's going to bring Tony Bobolinsky to the debate tonight <laughs> as his guest. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you get more savage which, than that. <laughs> which, I mean, is a brilliant stroke. He doesn't have to say anything. He just has to sit there. Who hey, Tony, bring, have a seat. Who did he bring at the uh, Hillary Clinton debate? Didn't he put someone in the front row there, too? I don't believe so. No, he I think he did. He did. He put one of Bill's uh, victims or something. Uh, right. Yeah. Something like that. He put one of Bill's victims in the front row. I heard. Ta- I think they talked about it, but I don't. I don't remember if it ever happened. But it doesn't matter. So this is going to happen because we've heard from him. So about um, half an hour ago, actually about an hour ago now, Tony Bobolinsky went in front of the press and and here's what he said. Roll it. Good evening. My name is Tony Bobolinsky. I served as a lieutenant in the United States Navy with high security clearance. My father and grandfather both served for decades in our country's armed forces. Since leaving the Navy, I've been involved in various successful businesses, both in this country and abroad. I'm making this statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. 
and the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, for record, three phones that spanned the years 2015 through 2018. These phones have never been held by anybody else besides myself. I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information, it'd be, it would bury all of us, man. The Bidens included. I have no wish to bury anyone. I've never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. To protect my family name and my business reputation, I need to ensure that the true facts are out there. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise, CEFC China Energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. I was informed first by Gillier, and then by Hunter Biden, and by Rob Walker, who was working with the Bidens that the Bidens wanted to form a new entity with CFC, which was to invest in infrastructure, real estate, and technology in the U.S. and around the world. And the entity would initially be capitalized with $10 million and then grow to billions of dollars of investment capital. After months of discussion, I agreed at Gillier and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called Sinohawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning Sino Hawk and its potential business. On May 2nd, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At approximately and at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillier and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. I also had a disagreement with Hunter about the funds CFC was contributing to Sinohawk. Hunter wanted five million of those funds to go to himself and his family. So he wanted the funds wired directly to an entity affiliated with him. I objected because that was contrary to our written agreements concerning Sinohawk. He said, referring to the chairman, his father, that CFC was really investing in the Biden family, that he held the Trump card, and that he was the one putting his family legacy on the line. He also said to me on May 17, 2017, that CFC wanted to be my partner, to be partner with the Bidens. During these negotiations, I repeated to Hunter and others that Sinohawk could not be Hunter's personal piggy bank. And I demanded that proper corporate governance procedures be implemented for capital distributions. Hunter became very upset with me. CFC through, two, through July 2017 was assuring me the funds would be transferred to Sinohawk, but they were never sent to our company. Instead, I found out from Senator Johnson's September report that the $5 million was sent in August 2017 to entities affiliated with Hunter. Tomorrow, I will be meeting with the Senate committee members concerning this matter, and I will be providing to the FBI the devices which contain the evidence corroborating 
what I have said. So I will not be taking any questions at this time. I will not be taking questions at this well, we're time. We're going to ask them anyway. Can you tell us a little bit more about this evidence that you're giving to the FBI? The evidence sits on these three phones. I don't want to go into anything any further. Uh, this will all be discussed with uh, Senator Johnson and his committee, and the American people can decide what's fact. Who paid for you to be here? Who paid for your expenses to be here? Thank you. Yeah, nice try. Who paid for your expenses? Good question. Is he wearing a flak jacket? Or is he just a bear? Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's just, just a big a bear. Dude. Yeah. So there's Tony Bobolinsky about an hour ago to the to the White House press pool and to the press pool there. By the way, it was Monica Lewinsky he brought to the first debate with Hillary. Put Monica in the front row. He did, right? Yep. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I don't, I don't remember that, uh, but I'll take your word for you it. You probably weren't politically charged back then. <laughs> no, I, I just don't remember it. Um, so now the question comes as we're getting about 24 minutes here, obviously before the men take the stage. <clears throat> is um, how much of the pressure has built up here on Kirk, Kristen Welker from NBC? I mean, I thought it would be hard for little Georgie to get through the town hall. <laughs> and uh, he did, obviously, never even sniffed at it. Oh, that's a bad word. He never even brought it up um, with Joe. So, I mean, how does she, she can't, I mean, is there any possible way that she can't bring it up where she leaves it where the president's going to have to? Because you know he's going to. I, I, you know what? I don't think she'll, she would bring it up anyway because she's one of those never-Trumpers. But you know when, when Trump does bring it up, she'll probably be the one defending instead of Joe Biden. Well, the campaign, um, I don't have the statement in front of me. It was kind of lame, basically saying um, that, uh, well, Joe never held stock and Joe never um, took any. You know, so they, they came out with a pretty half-hearted statement well bannon um, says something to the contrary though did you hear what bannon said that the stock options that they had was enormous and it could have reached in the hundreds of millions of dollars in profit if this thing went oh, i saw it on uh what he was with um i did not see steve today at all uh steve dace from um the steve dace show tweeted this guy's either a fraud or the 21st century deep throat. There's no in-betweens. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's powerful stuff. I mean, it, it sounds to me like he's willing to even testify. Like if, if they, if they, you know, slide him into a, into a proceeding that he'll, he'll go under oath. He doesn't seem like the kind of, you know, he's a military guy. He, he, he probably saw, you know what, this isn't cool. I don't like being attached to it. You guys have sucked me into this. And uh, if this blows up, I'm, t- I'm, I'm making sure I'm protected. I'm, I'm diming you guys out. We talked about a couple nights ago. Once some, one guy sings, everybody starts to sing. Everyone's right. racing to get the deal first. So the Biden campaign statement reads as follows, quote, as Chris Wallace said on the air, about this very smear, of course, they, of course, they'd use him in the opening sentence. Again. Vice President Biden has actually released his tax returns, unlike President <laughs> Trump. And there's no indication he ever got any money from anybody in these business deals, as if that would be oh in his, my God. As oh, if it would be in his tax return. R- really? Hey, uh, hey, before we put these out, <laughs> then we put... <laughs> Hey, I mean, hey, honey, did you take that, uh, that I got cash. money? We, yeah, I got cash. <laughs> Let me report it. Joe Biden has never even considered being involved in business with his family, nor in any overseas business <laughs> whatsoever. This is the statement from the campaign. What line on the tax return does the uh, $10 million from the Chinese go on? Do I put that? Is that deductible? <laughs> he has never held stock in Jack any is. such business arrangements, nor has any family member or any other person ever held stock for him <laughs> what is true is that tony bobolinsky admitted on the record to breitbart that he was angry that he was not able to go into business with hunter and james biden what is also true is that in contrast to vice president biden donald trump has a secret chinese bank account and pays more in taxes in China than he pays in federal income taxes in the United States. Now, just a couple things on that for those of you who have an IQ less than 10. Um, 
the the hotel business real estate developer who has a hotel, I believe, there, or was trying to build one, has a bank account there. If that's stunning to you, I'm not exactly sure what to tell you. And when they refer to it as taxes, they always say federal income taxes, not just federal taxes. The president paid the minimum, you know, as we did, when we played the clip, he didn't pay the federal income taxes. He paid the, um, the minimum, whatever it's called, because he had overpaid in years prior. So when you say federal income taxes, that's misleading. What he paid in federal taxes, I believe the year in question was $24 million. But it wasn't all income because he had overpaid from years before. So they just, it's, just a wor- it's just a wordsmith deal that they try to get by with. And that is a desperate, pathetic farce executed by a flailing campaign with no rationale for putting our country through another four years of hell. <laughs> now, I don't know if they're admitting there that we're going to be put through four more years of ze- as they call it hell. But um, that's the statement from the campaign. It's not on his tax. It's not returns. on his tax returns. Is, is going to be on, the, the big. Ar- I guess that's going to be the argument that Joe goes with tonight on, on the stage. Man. I don't think that's going to work out too well. Oh, yeah. Peanut, I, I think the guys were, were really to- known for being upfront with their tax stuff too. Yeah. Um. Now the other thing about Joe Biden, I want to get to just for a second before we get to this debate, because I want you all to be in the right frame of mind when you're watching this. Speaking of closing arguments, Joe Biden did a podcast yesterday. And um, this is one of the clips from the podcast. And this is, again, this was the vice president for Barack Obama who ran around the world for eight years apologizing for the nation, apologizing for the country, blaming the citizens for everything that was wrong with it, saying that we were never great. Um, Here's Joe Biden yesterday on a podcast. Roll that, G. America was an idea an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. And I just think we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen. Acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. Okay. So there's Joe's closing. The country is really not uh, that great. Tell the kids the mistakes we've made. I guess he's maybe referring to the, the places the country is systemically racist, as he tells us. And this is, so this is, what, what do we say every night? You know, I know some of you, well, the president, we're watching another rally. And you say, well, I mean, we've seen this a bunch of times. But, you know, I, I watch the rallies, not because I think it's going to be all that much different from any other night. I watch them because the president, every single night, makes the case for the country, the greatness of the country, the greatness of the citizens of the country, his, his reverence for the Constitution, for the founding of the country, for our founding documents, and the overall idea that we are the shining city on a hill and that this is the only place in the world you can go where you have endless opportunity and that we have the most perfect if that's a word, sloppily put, Damon, but uh, founding documents, there have never been, uh, people will say the Bible, okay, other than that, they are the most perfectly written, well thought through documents in history. And the bottom line is Joe Biden just doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe it. He believes in 1619, not 1776. He believes we are systemically racist, not that we are the most beneficent citizenry in the world. He believes that it's systemically racist is in our DNA. Racism is in the DNA of the country and it can never be fixed. So that's why I watched the rallies with the president to draw the distinction between the two. And that's why this election, this is what this election is about. What kind of country do you want to live in? Yeah, I don't think you'll hear that from any Democrat either. No Democrat's going to go out there and talk about what a great nation we are. It's, it's, it's not in their DNA. No. You know, that, because, because they only trade on your misery. 
No, they're in a game of peer pressure, right? They're, if if you don't social signal as hard as the next guy, you're like left behind. And that's how Marxists do it, right? It's like the most Marxists gets to rise to the top and the weaker ones get eaten from the bottom up. It's just the way it is. I mean, if you don't, if you don't play the game in, of intersectionality, if you don't play the game of, of divide and conquer, if you don't play the game of fear and, and hatred, you just can't rise in the Democratic Party anymore. Same thing with the big tech companies. It's the same nonsense everywhere in the big academia. You, I, you know, get work done with contractors today, and the contractors tell me his own 20-year-old daughter is also saying, well, you're privileged, Dad. You're, you're white privileged. It's not fair that you can make more money than everybody else. You know, you're uh, you're systematically racist. And I just started laughing. The guy with me who's a cop was laughing. Well, like thinking, what's this is what they feed the kids all through school. And then they, they, they feed it all through the media, and it's all intertwined with one another. It's all part of a gaslighting mind game. And that's why what, what the president's doing on education. He sees what's going on, how the left has taken over all the instrumentalities of, of, uh, of government, of Hollywood, of university, of schools, of everything. The culture. That's Listen, why he introduces you, couldn't go to ch- you couldn't go to a church what, in, in Marxism. No religion, right? You couldn't organize and speak with your friends because there is no dissent. Like, think about all the things they did along the way that, that allowed it to, to this this pandemic which I, wanted, I don't want to say anything stupid like pandemic or you know biological warfare or you know what it really was but i'm, I'm glad you don't want to say that that'd be because <laughs> well, i because I, I just want to make sure i avoid those things <laughs> anything right. else you don't anything else you, you don't know, want just, to say just for tonight <laughs> <All> right, right. <laughs> colonel clink it was made by gates it was made by was, he's got the patents he got watch the movie pandemic we were all being gaslit I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you were making a good up. point before you went off. This is, but by it, the way, today is National uh, Nut Day. Nut I Day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I so to get in the music. It's, Thank it's you. a good, good day. Uh, hit the music, G. It's a good day. Okay, we Listen, don't have we're the music, all just, so. We're all just being, it's a, it's a giant fabrication and it's orchestrated and it's a bunch of warring factions and they're all trying to get their piece of the pie and there's just these bit they're synergistic they're opportunistic and they're also antagonistic and they all work together and work against each other and it's a survival of the fittest amongst the greediest sickest bastards on the planet all right so let's get let's talk serious about the debate tonight Uh, i'll go around um how much is the president focus on this and how much does he have to make the case for um, why 56% of the people told Gallup they feel like they're better off today. Economy, look at what I built. I can do it again. How much of that does he balance and how much does he hammer this? I think he has to hammer it, but I think once he does it, does he move on? I think he's got to save it towards the end. I think he's got to focus on economy. I think he's got to focus on the on the curve uh, lessening. I think he's got to focus on the, fi- on the fake media just a little bit. Mostly he's got to talk about what he's going to do going forward. He's got to talk about the platinum plan. He's got to talk about the VA. He's got to talk about being anti-war, pro-protection, pro, pro but no aggression. And then I think he's got to use his last six or seven questions to talk about it all, just hammer away his whole two minutes and then watch them at the end when they cut him off. And then they, this tech censorship, he, he gets to uh, really announce by, uh, you would figure tech censorship would come up tonight as well. So now I understand that this this is so when the question is presented, it's whoever starts. Biden gets two minutes. That's when the president's mic is muted. Then the president gets two minutes. That's when Biden's mic's muted. But after that, it's open. Both are open, and that's when they can go for I think five or six minutes. After that, I think their segments are supposed to be six or eight minutes long. This might do Trump a favor, to be honest. Uh, Rick, same question to you. Mm. See, see, I would take the opposite approach. You want to come out and you want to you want to smash them in the face first, hard, hit them hard. Like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. All right, punch them in the mouth with it. Incontrovertible. Even Frank Luntz, the 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 the, the pollster, confirmed because one of his emails came out. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that yesterday. He's a fraud. How does Paul yeah. Ryan feel about that? Yeah, and, and and he basically confirmed, and he tried to make it seem like, well, it's not a big deal. We were just talking back and forth. Oh, so you're confirming that <laughs> the emails are real. So there you go. There's another, you know, another uh, uh, feather in the cap of the veracity of what's on that laptop. Mm-hmm. But I think he's got to hit him hard. Hit him with it. He's got to call don't, him big and, guy and don't once make or twice. It, and don't make it so much about the sun, but make it about the corruption. You know what I mean? Call Make it big about guy. Joe, hey, big guy, I heard, you know, you got a lot of money coming in from China and all. Just really, like, level him. Or, or level just, him with it. Or, or when it's his turn to speak, to be, you know, when he's done, be like, let's hear the big guy answer that. Right. And, and yeah, exactly. It just serve it up. Here you go, big guy. What do you think? Okay. Rick Emirati. Well, as usual, whenever you get to the sports guy, you guys have covered just about everything. But I have to say, very important. A lot of the liberals I'm talking to are very concerned about health care. I think he's got to drive home the confidence that that's going to be addressed and taken care of in the next administration. That's huge. And the other big thing is he must, must bring that out. Whether, like Rick said, punch him like Mike Tyson in the beginning or like Paul said, huge close. That he's a national security risk to this country. You cannot have a president running this country that's going to be blackmailed and be a national security risk. I don't even know what kind of world we're going to be living in if this guy gets elected but he won't the president's going to come through that's so well okay good uh so it'll be interesting to see if Kristen welker has to bring it up because remember what i thought the vice president did very effectively and again this might play into trump's having the mic muted she could ask the question of him and he'll just say i'll get back to that in a second but i want to get into this and then use his two minutes and then he's going to have to listen to him for two minutes so that'll be interesting to to see if he does any of that and it will be interesting to also to see if he, ta- if he took any advice from any of his people around him, who I'm sure said, as we call it, let Joe fill space with words. He, he, you know Biden's got to be a nervous wreck. He has, there, there's no way he could not be with everything that's gone on. He yeah. just, there's just no human, it's not humanly possible that he could walk out there tonight and not be a nervous wreck. Yeah, especially with the uh, with the gentleman we just saw, Rubalin. What's his name? Babalinsky. Babalinsky. Whatever his name yeah, is, he's going to be sitting Bobby. there. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. Babalinsky. <laughs> but but like you were saying, uh, Dame, about you know, also not only the healthcare, but he's got he's got to take a cue from Mike Pence in terms of the COVID response. You know, where, where you know he can just go to him and say, "Look, you know, Joe, I, I hear you have a plan that." came out after mine after everything we had already done yeah plus we remember what you did with n1h1 i'll say it the way you say it joe right uh that you almost killed everybody including to your own chief of staff how about you left us completely depleted when we were hit you know where was all the supplies you guys had left us you're completely with nothing Nothing on the shelves. Uh, I remember James Carville when he said it's the economy stupid and mo- some people would say this year it's not the economy stupid because of covid but I think the president has a significant story to tell about the economy. You saw unemployment drop below 900,000 for the first time just the other, I think it was yesterday, which was a big deal. People weren't expecting that. GDP is going to come in. The Atlanta Fed says he could see it even around 35%, 32 That's an astronomical, never seen before number. The manufacturing numbers look good too. That's something to really talk about. Consumer confidence looks good. The president has a, and people already give him the advantage on the economy. So the president has a story to tell. And I do think uh, he, I think he's got plenty of ammunition on COVID to handle himself on that. But I think he's got to make the case for, do you want more money in your pocket? Do you want to have upward mobility? Do you want to be able to build your businesses back? I'm doing everything. Look at what I did. Or do you want your taxes raised at a time where it will absolutely de- like what he does on the stump. Yeah. But he needs to, he's going to have a much bigger audience tonight, obviously. This will be. He just can't lose his cool. I would think that this is going to rival 75 to 100 million people tuning in. I think he's, this is a huge audience tonight. There's no doubt about it with everything that's happened with the second debate being canceled. And I think he. Um, Trump's just got to close tonight. As the greatest closer in the history of the world, he's just got to close the American people tonight. He's got to be cool. He's got to be. He's got to be dignified, in my opinion, for those moderates. The us people like us, we don't mind the brash. Like as the Claremont <laughs> guy said, right? He may be the right guy every time. He's the only guy right now. 
There is no doubt about that. Uh, let's see what's going on in the hall, G. Do we have the, the feed? Let's, uh, do we have any audio here? Can we hear what's going on? A group of 250 students who made this thing happen here at Belmont University. That's the I'm president so of Belmont University, I believe. Thank you, and thank all the Belmont volunteers for what you've done here. And finally, I, I have to say this. I've prayed enough about this happening that it'd be totally disingenuous if I didn't say, thank you, God, that this is about to happen. God bless America. Thank you. Amen. God bless America. Oh, my God. He must be a racist for <laughs> loving God. Yeah. All right. So there you go. That was the president of Belmont University, I believe. Um, I saw him interviewed this week. Uh, and he was very excited about this happening at Belmont, which is, by the way, a great university, good music program. Uh, the great Brad Paisley went to Belmont, I believe. Um, well, so yeah, we, that's, I mean, we've made the case here. And I, I think, um, I just wonder tonight if the surprise of the night is going to be the moderator, given everything that's happened. Can she be a left-wing hack tonight still? Yes, of course. The it's in her DNA. The president released his 60 Minutes video ahead of time. <laughs> that was which incredible, was brilliant. by the way. That, that was great. With all of what's going on with all of these media personalities right now, does she um, feel the pressure and does she surprise at all tonight? I guess I'm not going to hold out much hope. And just so you know what's going on in some of the other networks tonight, uh, Simone Sanders was on MSLSD and she said, if Trump brings up the latest Hunter Biden scandal at the debate, quote, that is Russian misinformation, okay? <laughs> she said, that is what he is doing, and we should call it as such. That's the Joe Biden campaign manager over on MSNBC, still calling this um, Russian disinformation. All it is at this point is Joe Biden disinformation. Right. And, you know, this, this debate was uh, originally, what, the foreign policy debate, right? And they removed the foreign policy from it. Um, but you know he's, he's going to bring it up because that's part of the whole scandal is do you want this guy who's been bought off already by China and by the Ukraine and by the Russians? Um, do you want him running your foreign Kazakhstan policy against some of well. our, our, our biggest uh, adversaries? Yeah. And remember the other thing about Bob Alinsky, if you pick up, number one, he served the country honorably. Maybe. Um, he said when he donated, he donated to Democrats. He says he's not not political so he has um three percent of the liberals in america's heads exploded when he said all that <laughs> yeah so it's it's going to be hard to just say oh this guy's in the tank for trump and he's right. just trying to ruin you know so he's like they're doing a rudy like they're doing to rudy well rudy can uh, listen if they think if they think <laughs> after rudy led uh the new york city and really the world out of after 9 11 what he did and how he led and how he people went. I mean, if they think they're going to go after Rudy and have some effect on him, I mean, he, he, please. I, I kind of, well, I kind of wish Rudy, he knew that Borat thing. And you know, it's all about optics in this ridiculous world that nobody cares about substance. Mm -hmm. Part of me wishes he would have just got it to Carrick and stayed the heck out of it and never let his name be t attached to it. Even though Carrick obviously was in jail and pardoned by Trump. I just don't think, I don't know. I just think it's a, it was a bad optic, in my opinion. What do you mean, doing the movie? Well, no, just getting, knowing that that scene was going to come out, make him look bad. And that's, well, but, he, go, but if, he said what the picture that they're using is him um, adjusting. He said, I'm adjusting my shirt after yeah. they took off all the stuff that I was, that I was wearing for the, for the scene. Right. But to just do a Google search of Rudy Giuliani, we know how biased the social giants are, the social media giants. Any search of Giuliani, it comes up with him in his hands and his pants with a, yep. with a girl in front of him. Every yeah. single one is the images. It looks so compromising. Again, I'm talking about optics. Um, yeah, but I mean, Rudy's come out and made a statement. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah, he said it on TV, Paul. Not, not, oh, quite, good. <laughs> not exactly quite what we have here on this hard drive. I can, uh, I can assure you of that, of the people who I know who have seen it. It is unthinkable. And I think the next two days, I mean, we're focused on what's going to happen here in about a minute, but I think the next two days are going to also be um, extremely eventful. Huge. With things coming Huge. out. Huge. Despite what happens tonight. And, and you know what? That, that Bobolinsky guy, he just seemed, he, to me, he comes across as someone who's angry. 
I think he feels like he was taken advantage of. He's been put in the position he never wanted to be put into. Um, I know he he said he put into some I guess some barriers because you know Hunter was trying to use use the account as a piggy bank. Election day is November third. Don't forget to vote. Thank you, everyone, and have a great night. Thank you. Well, there's your debate, and um, I'll just start where almost they finished. The president just got Joe Biden to basically say he wants to end the oil industry, and that is wild. <laughs> wow. That's that is wild. Yeah. Look at him staring I mean, at Melania, though. Hey, keep your eyes off his wife, buddy. That is um, <laughs> That was quite the moment that he got him to, talk, to, to say. Yeah. I mean, Pennsylvania, hello. I mean, I, Joe Biden just lost Pennsylvania. I don't know how he... How could he not have just lost Pennsylvania? Yeah, Texas, Alaska, Ohio, uh, Oklahoma, you yeah. name it. All, all, all those, all those uh, states that, that benefit from that industry and the, the other industries that are attached to it. You got to think about that. Where, where do plastics and all that stuff come from? I mean, you know, there, there's petroleum and oil used in all these things. It's so much of it. So much of it's yeah. into, in building supplies and even pharmaceuticals, even like this. You know, everything when it comes to uh, agriculture, it is such a massive amount used. It's uh, this this is this Green New Deal is all part of that Agenda 21 that is going to ruin this country. Um, that HUD program, uh, the housing, that's all part of it as well. I mean, they, he's Biden's basically saying he's going to follow that uh, that path that he's been instructed to stay on it's just kind of scary well I'll, I'll give you my quick thoughts and we'll go around before we wrap it here i thought the president was substantive i thought he was on point i thought he was hopeful i thought he was um i thought he was excellent Ernest. i thought he was good joe biden i thought um maybe started a little better i thought his brain kind of lost it somewhere in the middle and i thought the end was a disaster he's nasty um he's not hopeful no. um He's just a nasty old guy, and he's not a nice guy. And we've talked about it, and it came through. He's just a with the, the the comments of this guy, you know, oh this guy and that guy. This he's just a nasty old man, is what he is. He's not hopeful for the country, and um, I don't think there was any question that the president did a huge step up from the first debate. Let him talk. Joe struggled at many times, even getting his thoughts together. Um, so that, that's, that's my, and, and I thought Kristen Walker started okay. And the president actually acknowledged it, but I think that lasted about the first third of it. And after that, she was pretty much a Democrat hack cutting off the president every time that he was trying to make points. And of course the questioning of the playing the whole race card thing. And I mean, just, she, she got, she got pretty partisan there quickly. She had a good about 20 minutes, I would say. That's, yeah. that, that was quickly downhill after that. Yeah, I felt the same way. I felt like she started out strong and, and fair and balanced, and it felt like as you know, Trump was really winning that debate, especially the way he was earnest and, and sincere, and he was really talking about his accomplishments, and he really wasn't um, attacking Joe yet. She was, um, I thought she was being fair and honest. When, Joe started, I mean, when uh, Trump started to really dig in, on all the corruption in the Biden administration and the family and the things that they've gotten away with. And he barely scratched the surface, by the way. That's when I felt like she started to side with him. The things that really got on my nerves was Joe's allowed to lie anytime he wants. No one talks about a fact check. Joe gets to interrupt when he wanted and got the last word almost every segment. They didn't use the mic or the cutoff button on him once. I just felt like uh, it started to be skewed, but what we've been seeing the last... Four years, I'll take it. I'll, I'll tell take, you this. I'll take it. If, he, if the president had done this in the first debate, this race right now tonight for the over. third debate would be over. It wouldn't even be close if he yeah. had done this then. But we are where we are. Rick? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I thought she did well throughout. You know, there were a couple times where it's like, all right, you know, back off. Let, let him finish because, you know, that, he, he's got to respond if, if Joe is saying something that's untrue, which we saw a lot of that. Um, she was still I, better than Chris Wallace. Oh, Let's she was, put it she that was, way. She was heads and shoulders above Chris Wallace. I mean, that's not tough. He's a short guy. But, um, you know, in terms of what you expect, we expected a low bar from her. I think she outperformed um, as far as the president. I think he he delivered. He came through. 
you know, he, he kept himself, you know, he kept his, his, his Trump guy image, but he also, I think, brought in a little bit of what he learned from watching Mike Pence take apart Kamala Harris. And he kind of used that too, you know, throwing, why don't you answer that question, Joe? You know, kind of, kind of leaving it out there. And then the silence. Yeah. There are a few times where, where Joe just kind of looked down. He wouldn't say anything. He was very disciplined tonight, and I think yeah. that came across big time. Yeah. Uh, Rick Emirati, your thoughts? Well, Big D, the man who wrote Art of the Deal, I think he trumped the guy who says he is the deal all the time. I thought nice. he did a fantastic job, uh, hit on all the points. He got a little cagey when he was asking Joe about those cages, uh, and uh, very combative. I don't think he was good at all. Um, even got a text earlier from my wife. She said, you know, he's stumbling over his own words. I mean, she's watching it at home, and she said he's having a problem. Well, I said it's past his bedtime because this was about 1030. But all things considered, I thought the president was super. And that oil comment, oh, Joe, he sunk himself big time. Great job, Mr. President. That Love you. Was, it really was a um, that was a wild moment on energy there. I mean, you think about uh, energy independent we are right now and that Joe wants to eviscerate all the work we've done to become energy independent and then to close by saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I am going to try to end the oil industry. Yeah. And all the liberal defenders say, no, no, he says he's going to transfer over time. Baloney. Don't give me that nonsense. We know what he meant. Pennsylvania yeah. knows what he meant. And, and you know what? You, you know what I thought was a great moment, too, when, uh, you know, Trump called him out, called him out on the uh, fracking comment. He yeah. says, oh, I never said it. He's I have yeah. I have the video. Well, well show us the video. the video. Okay, yeah. I'm going to post it, and you can see it for yourself. Now he, it, it's going to be that confirmation. Look, told you, Joe's lying to you. Yeah, my last thought on the whole night is that I'll tell you what the president did again. He once again positioned himself. I said this a long time ago after um, when we saw who the kind of the party was, who was running in the, for, the, for the Democratic side. The, the president has once again positioned himself very well as the outsider. He's the outsider. You yep. elected him as an outsider, and he positions himself once again as the outsider Great point. against the 47-year corrupt old white politician guy who's been around forever. And they, he did a very good job of that as well tonight. Dude, that was great. What a great point because he said it. Look at you, Joe. You're all talking to wax and you're a typical politician. You deflect the answer and then you start staring at the camera That's saying, right. you know, uh, th this is the new subject. You're going to change the topic of what you did wrong. Typical yep. politician, Joe. That's why I ran because I'm not a politician. Yeah. I'm sick of guys like you. Really good stuff. I like yeah, that. And I thought he balanced the corruption, Hunter Biden stuff well. I, I, you know, I think he had other opportunities, especially when they were since she played the race card. Right. I thought he could have gone to the well. You argued, you know, you argued for segregation. You told Charlemagne the God you ain't black. You told them they're a monolithic group. He could have nailed some of that more when he talked in there. But again, in the moment, he probably didn't think of everything. But I thought he hit on things. I thought he hit on a lot of things. I thought he was very disciplined. And again, I, I mean, I thought he really cleaned his clock for yeah. most of the night. And hey. Biden really. And real, real quick, to be I think fair, I, his, his I, brain went dead about halfway through. I, I think, think Biden, when he opened the door for the the Hunter Biden laptop thing, I, I, uh, that was just he that really was just did ter terrible, terrible oh, man. Move. He kicked now, the door wide open. Yeah. Now, when all this evidence starts to keep coming out, remember twenty six thousand emails on the second computer, right? And it's all the other stuff is now being given up the third computer, right? The third. Think about the treasure trove that's in there. That's a lot of work to get through, especially when half the DOJ is dirty. Yeah. Now, and let's take a look at what he said. What did he say? I didn't take it. He didn't say he didn't take any money from his son holding it for him, right. by the way. He just said I didn't take. So there's, he said a lot of things that can be looked at as well. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. A good night. Glad you were in. Um, live from Studio 6B. Fun night Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow night. Paul's off tomorrow. Rick will have news. Rick will have sports. I'll be here. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran, for sticking on a long night. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thanks to you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. I can't say back to you in 22, but about 21 or so. 21 to change. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night.